Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Perspectivity. In this episode, you're gonna hear from Chris, someone who had a seemingly normal childhood that all of a sudden became chaos, very difficult. You're gonna hear from a woman who had an experience in college that took the light out of her eyes, and made things go dark. Something that many people face, many people contend with, sexual violence. And what you're also going to hear is how she responded to that. How she embraced a life of vagabonding, traveling around the world, and how she also found kindness, peace, and beauty in people that she never really expected it from. And how that gave her hope and cultivated a desire to heal her trauma and become an amazing person. Someone who can help other people. Someone who can experience joy and beauty and all the goodness that life has to offer. This episode is powerful, it's emotional. I also want to warn you that we talk about very sensitive topics. As we go into this episode, I ask you to be open, connect with this experience, and see just how much this world needs us to heal. Uh, my name is Christina. I'm from Fairfax, Virginia. Very cool. Yeah. So for this journey we're about to go on, okay. we are going to walk through your life okay. almost as if it's a story. So if we took your life and we kind of looked at the beginning, right, your childhood, the first part of your life mm -hmm. as we're coming into your story, what was that experience like? And if you can, what would you title the chapter of your childhood? Um, forgotten and alone. Um, I was like my dad's best friend or like he was my best friend growing up like I was remember singing songs with him and dancing in the living room and like watching Power Rangers so like from as early as I can remember up until I want to say like age 10 like we were best friends and then all of a sudden that changed and he was like off in his office all the time and he was angry and he was getting real loud that was around the time when he started hitting me and my mom um and it was just like this complete flip of like you were my best friend now you're not and like I don't know how to deal so like I kind of like felt forgotten by him and like a little bit like I don't know I guess there's like a disconnect and I had to be like the bigger person for my brothers. And I, I ended up taking a lot of blame for things that I never did because I didn't want them to have to go through what I went through. So I felt very alone in that like suffering and nobody really knew what I was dealing with because I didn't let them know because I didn't want them to have to deal with it. So yeah <laughs> kind of wow. like a mother figure but also trying to live my life and grow up and also come to terms with the fact that I felt like I had lost my dad wow so you you went through grief yeah <laughs> yeah wow do you have any idea what happened to cause it or was it just um I know he was like really upset with like his job like he was in sales and he hated it and he's always like had some mental health issues 
Um, and it just kind of came out more and more as he got older and he was also in a very unhappy marriage. Um, and, uh, I guess he always felt like no one ever really listened to him or understood him. And that was like a big common theme in my life growing up is like, listen to me, listen to me. Um, but at the same time, he wasn't willing to listen to anybody else. So he was always right. And he was always the one talking for like hours, like almost 12 hours sometimes. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, like he would like lock us in the house and not let us leave or go to the bathroom or go to school or go to work or whatever. <laughs> and just sit there and like interrogate us essentially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> wow. Thinking about that context, um, okay. So childhood's full of lots of things, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just curious. I'm trying to get an idea of what that story looked like. Can you remember a fun time in your childhood um, with anybody <laughs> or something that is really memorable that you look back on fondly? Um. Yeah. Uh. I mean, I have fond memories of like Swiss Mountain Lake with my um, my mom, my dad, and my two brothers. Um, it's kind of funny because like uh, I got like a fish hook stuck in my toe, and it was a good memory for me because I got a coke afterwards, <laughs> um, and that was like a really nice time. And I also remember watching Alice in Wonderland. Um, it was like. We had this like little bungalow on the lake and there's like a drawer and it had Alice in Wonderland in it. And I remember watching that like nonstop the entire weekend and I was obsessed with that movie and it was the first time I've ever seen it. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I was like very fond of that time on like jet skis and the boats and the waters. And then I fell off the jet ski and I thought I was drowning, but I had a life jacket on and I, I'm a swimmer. I grew up swimming like in like all throughout childhood, but I like panicked and like started climbing on top of my dad. <laughs> so yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, I love it. That's wild even to think about. So, okay. As you're walking through that, so the theme here, your first chapter is forgotten. Mm. What do you think, what event kind of started the next chapter of your life? What do you mean? So if the first chapter was forgotten, mm. and that was kind of the childhood and kind of where you were going, as you started to get older, maybe in your teenage years, was there, when did you think the next chapter started for you? I think maybe middle school um, is when I started kind of like rebelling um and I got like really into poetry and I got really into like theatrical arts and I was kind of like a goth <laughs> um but not really <laughs> um and that was also kind of like around the time where like my interest in the macabre started um and I had like some kind of weird fantasies and dreams and things, <laughs> but I would say that was like my, my rebellious period. Yeah. Wow. What did it feel like while you were rebelling? 
like what I don't know if you can go back into that but like what did it feel like that rebellious nature what do you think made that attractive to you I don't know I guess I just wanted to be different like I didn't want to be like everyone else and I guess I was trying to like separate myself and make myself stand out because I never really I guess I always craved attention and it was hard for me to like have a conversation with people or like introduce myself and open up so like I took at the time great pleasure in being that weird kid that everybody looked at and gawked at and wanted to know more about but were too afraid to (laughs) so it was like I guess my way of like being noticed but also keeping a distance oh wow yeah so you were able to you could fulfill that idea of having something unique about you, but also you could keep people far enough away that they couldn't hurt you? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Did you have a best friend growing up? Um, I had a couple. Uh, I, there was this one girl in my neighborhood. I can't remember her name now. Um... It's weird because I feel like I'll have a best friend for like maybe two, three years, but it always felt like as soon as I would leave the area or like a life change would happen, that we just stopped talking. So like I never really got to know like consistent relationships. It's always been very like short-term relationships. Wow. What? So you mentioned you have two brothers. Mm -hmm. Which one's your favorite? I'm just kidding. (laughs) I can't. I don't have a favorite. They both suck, but I love them. (laughs) I love it. Um, Can you remember any fond memories? Do you have any fond memories with your brothers? Oh, my God. I mean, we would, like, play spies. And, like, they would always team up against me. So, like... (laughs) It was, like, kind of cute, but at the same time, I was like, oh, come on. Like, we would, like, turn off all the lights and, like, pretend, like, we were, like, going through the house with, like, flashlights. And, like, we, like, would, like, gear ourselves up with, like, weapons (laughs) and, like, create, like, a bunker. (laughs) And it was just, yeah, it was, like, a lot of fun. And I also remember, like, playing house with them where, like, I would be the mom and, like, make them dinner (laughs) and all this stuff. Hated it. <laughs> they absolutely hated it. Um, we played like teacher uh, dress up. We like would make ice. Um, actually, like my mom was like pretty crucial to that. I guess developmentally, like as a kid, where she kind of like encouraged our creativity, where like playing with a pizza box and turning it into like an ice cream truck and then we would take the ice cream truck around the neighborhood and actually sell ice cream to our neighbors (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah that's absolutely incredible yeah (laughs) i don't remember it but i mean i i i feel like it's like more like a physical memory than like i can actually memory like remember it because like my mom would tell me about it but like i can feel the memory, but I just don't have it up here. 
Wow. So you, <laughs> your first like official job was like entrepreneur ice cream. <laughs> ice cream truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's wild. We'll put that in your like bio, right? Yeah. Entrepreneur. <laughs> That's so wild. That's so cool. So, okay. Yeah. So your teen years, you embraced this. You also mentioned that you, you really embraced art and poetry and theater, right? Mm-hmm. So in that, have you ever, like, is there a particular play or a poem or something that you created? That, something that I created, yeah, personally? that mattered to you? Or or even something that you found that really had an impact on you? Mm, um, I really liked this one anthology of poems. It was called Sing a Song of Popcorn. It's, like, children's poems, but, like, kind of dark. Um, and I really liked that book. And then Shel Silverstein, um, Missing Peace. Uh, and I, I can't really like, well, I guess Edgar Allan Poe too. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I forgot what you, what, what the, what the point of that question was. That was totally it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm just exploring where you might have connected. Okay. Uh, with the arts. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. Do, would you say, I'm just curious, one of the things we're interested in is whether people feel like their lives have been related to American culture. Do you feel like you had an American childhood? I don't really know per se what an American childhood would be. Um, I guess in terms of if you think about like family life in America of like, you know, you work this nine to five job, you know, mom stays at home with the kids, um, then yes, I did have that. Um, but I felt like I lived a very different childhood than my peers. Like they all had parents that had really good jobs and they could afford like nicer things and I guess it was like this thing of like working for money or working for status um but like I never had that and like I felt like I was always missing out because of it and then um I also saw like my friends with like what I thought was like a healthy family structure and I wanted that. So, um, does that answer your question? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the nice thing is, is that as we're just exploring this, we're just trying to get a feel. Okay. See, see what your life was like. Mm-hmm. And who knows what will come up in the answers. The questions aren't as important as just getting to know, you know, or taking time down that journey. And I appreciate it because you're giving us a lot of insight even more into who you are. Mm. Um, and and it's really beautiful. So as you went in, you went through the middle school years, you started your rebellious phase. What was high school like? Um, I think I got more serious in school around that time. And I was trying to do good. Like I was trying to like make something of myself. It was like, I don't want to be like my parents, I don't want to be miserable. I want to find something that I like. 
Um, and it was just like this big struggle of like, who am I? What do I want to do? What are my passions? Um, but also just trying to like stay on the straight and narrow. Um, but at the same time, like I was curious about like alcohol, drugs and sex. <laughs> so like there's like that dichotomy. <laughs> at the, yeah. <laughs> So like straight and narrow, and at the same time, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of interesting things that yeah, come yeah. up around that time. Yeah. Wow. So what would you say, what would you say was a defining moment in high school for you? Either good or bad. I feel like high school was kind of mediocre. Like, I don't really have any, like defining moments that I can really pick out, I guess. Um, I was published in our school's literary magazine. I guess that could be considered a defining moment. <laughs> what was that like? It was fun. It was cool. I lost it. I don't have it anymore. I wish I did. But no, it was nice. Like I talked myself in and out of like submitting this piece for publishing and it was my uh my literary arts teacher that was like pushing me was like you have a really good story you should submit it and so she did and I did and it got published and I was so shocked I was like what like people want to read this like like I can't believe that <laughs> did you have either that teacher or another teacher or any teachers ever that you really looked up to or felt a good relationship with yeah she was the one she was the one yeah her her name was Miss Smaltz and I had her actually two years in a row no three years in a row um and I took her advance um a course for like creative writing it was like a dual uh enrollment type thing um but yeah she really like influenced that love of like literature and writing and um like expressing through word wow. like written word wow okay <laughs> high, high school is mediocre with the caveat that you i mean you're a published author okay <laughs> and there was, you know, some good connections. Yeah. What happened after high school? Uh, I went to college for a little bit. Like, I did the whole, like, community college thing. Because, like, I was still not really sure what I wanted to do. So, I was, like, kind of, like, floating through community college without any direction. Um, but within my first year of college, uh, I was invited to a party. Um, by two boys that said they were in one of my classes, but I didn't actually recognize them. And I was pretty naive <laughs> and I didn't have a car. So they picked me up from the mall and I went to this party. And fast forward, I wake up naked on a couch in the middle of the woods <laughs> with three guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I quit college and kind of never went back. <laughs> I tried, but I just, it was too traumatic. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
at the same time, like, wow, I can't imagine. And also, what a college experience. It's like you're supposed to go become the best of who you think you can be and hone your potential, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and you're just trusting people. Yeah. It's not like you're doing anything wrong. You're just trusting people. And yeah, like, I college. wanted that, like, typical college experience. And, like, up to that point, like, I was, like, you know, studying really hard and, like, getting really good grades and, like, hanging out with friends and learning about D&D and, you know, that kind of stuff. And then that happened. And then, then I was, like, I couldn't go back. <laughs> like, I tried. And then, but my grades were slipping and I lost interest and I just... They couldn't do it anymore. Wow. What would you say, and feel free, you can elaborate any more on any of these things we talk about, that included, um, and also to not expect that you do. Um, what would you say after that then look like for you? After Very you difficult. Made... Yeah. Um, my boyfriend at the time, he, uh, he blamed me. Um... He was like, well, why would you go? Why would you do that? Like, you wanted it. Like, you asked for it. Like, you liked it. Um, so I believed him. Like, first of all, I didn't know these guys' names. I didn't know where I was. So, like, even if I did call the police, I felt like nobody was going to believe me. Because, like, where am I going to point them to? Um, and I felt like I just needed to get out of there. And then I, like, called him crying to pick me up from the mall. And he was like, why, why are you calling me so late? Like, who are these guys? Who are you with? And all that stuff. And then just kind of, like, went downhill for that um, from there. And shortly after that, I left for this, like, three-year trip to, like, travel and see the world and, like, not be home (laughs) yeah so um I got into drugs a little bit I got accidentally got hooked on meth (laughs) I know it's like a weird thing to say but like they told me it was weed but it was meth and I kind of got addicted for a little while (laughs) until I realized what it was and then I had to like wean myself off of it um I am at Juggalos. <laughs> I almost witnessed a murder. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was a lot. It was a, a lot. And I was really trying not to deal with my trauma and, like, get away from it. Yeah. Gotcha. So it's like the more physical distance you could put from you at home, the more you could hopefully distance yourself from the trauma. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. In that... Really tumultuous. (laughs) Yeah, I would say so. I mean, even receiving what you're saying right now, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. And it's just like, whoa, you know? (laughs) And part of what we're doing is we're trying to figure out what is the experience of people in America? Mm -hmm. And also, what does American culture say it sh- like life should be like for people and what is actually ha- happens right yeah and so that's something that trying to pull out and even look at that in that context it's hard it's hard not to feel for you 
Like yeah. that's so much life experience that's just like, whoa. Um, so in that, okay, so how, this traveling experience, yeah. you spent three years. Yeah. Did you did you act, find some things that I were did. powerful? Actually, I did. Um, it was weird because like up until that point, all I had experienced was like oppression, anger, sadness, anxiety, um, like all the negative emotions, right? And like I went out here, one, trying to run away, but like also not really wanting to live. Um, but what I ended up finding was like a zest for life. And I ended up finding myself in that process of like, like meeting so many different people and being homeless and like literally having nothing, like not knowing where my next meal was going to come from, not knowing where I was going to sleep that night. I slept in a porridge on one night in the rain. (laughs) And then the next morning, there was this guy who had like a little sandwich truck and he saw me come out of the Porter John and he hands me a hot grilled cheese sandwich and a cup of coffee. And that's when I realized that there are good people out in this world. Um, and I realized that some of the poorest people that you will ever meet are some of the most kind, heartfelt, and giving people that you will ever meet. Because they have nothing and they know what it's like. <laughs> that's you know i asked you there's some great things that happen and you tell me you're sleeping in a port john which is great <laughs> i mean i got to meet pirates <laughs> yeah okay so you got to meet pirates yeah please explain how you met pirates uh um so i stayed in key west and there is this outreach center it's called project lighthouse run by this woman named Scarlett J. And in her spare time, she's a pirate. <laughs> and she um, would do uh, like sailing on the, we call the Jolly Roger. Um, and we, they call themselves like modern day pirates, or I guess, like, uh, I forget what they called themselves actually, but it's just basically travelers, like a group of travelers um, that are kind of like on the outskirts of society, kind of making up their own rules about how they want to live. And it's almost like an intentional community in the sense of like, yeah, we dress up like pirates and we drink out of casks and, you know, curse and whatever. But at the same time, it's this community of like-minded people that are just trying to like belong. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh my god, I gotta meet some pirates. <laughs> They're fun. Yeah, okay, so on this is there anything else from this three year travel journey um that you'd like to elaborate on or talk about? I guess sometimes when you have nothing left to lose, you find so many things. Like, so much. Because, like, you're just so open to everything that will come your way. And it's almost like 
those fear blockers are turned off because you're not afraid of dying and you're not afraid to lose anything because you have nothing left to lose. So you just have that freedom to just do whatever you want, literally, you know, within the confines of our society of needing money, you know, but there are ways, <laughs> you know, like Little Caesar's Pizza <laughs> out of the dumpster is still hot. <laughs> wow. I haven't had dumpster pizza before. It's um, interesting. <laughs> I have um, eaten out of dumpsters more times than I would care to admit. Wow. <laughs> That's wild. Okay, so three years of traveling yeah. and living life open, so open, yet so carefree, right? Because you, you gave you gave your life. It's like, it's really interesting. I'm trying to think of how to think about it. You just let your life be. Yeah. Um, what happened after that? Um, well, I was like, at, I was my happiest when I was traveling, but I was also at my most, like, depressed at the same time. Like, I was outwardly happy and I did feel a lot of joy and I did find this desire to want to try to heal and live my life and do it in a way that was safe and healthy. Um, so like I came back home, I ended up like trying to go through counseling. Um, at one point I put myself in like a mental institution for like a week, um, just to kind of like learn about my head and my, my, my emotions and cognitive behavioral therapy and like all those things and like I kind of went through this like learning process of like how to perform in society and I'm still kind of there like I'm still learning and I struggle with it from time to time there are times when I just want to pack up everything and go again because that was just the best memories like I think I've ever had but I also remember having those nights when I thought I was legitimately not going to survive and how scared I was in those moments and just like being so vulnerable as a single female traveling America and all of the potential predators, you know, and I thought I didn't care, but I found out how much I actually cared about my own life through that. Because, like, if I can be scared, <laughs> you know, obviously I don't want to die. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. So now you mentioned you're still there. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think, if you were able to look at someone who was going through what you were going through in life in some way, what advice would you give them? Mm -hmm. Let go of the things you think you need to do. 
and do the things that bring you joy. What brings you the most joy right now in life? This one. <laughs> Outside, the river, the sun, just nature in general. Um, also, just friendship and companionship. Because that's something that I never truly knew until recently was true companionship. And I really treasure that. That's beautiful that you connected to that. Yeah. Was there a time where it was harder to connect with that stuff? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's very difficult. Like I said, I still struggle with it, you know, connecting with people and talking to people. Like, volume control and actually getting a thought out. <laughs> you know, it's difficult. But, yeah. Wow, that's beautiful. Um, across that, I'd be really curious to know your thoughts on this. What do you think, just kind of pulling from your experience, do you think living in America has helped you or made it more difficult for you on your journey? Or maybe both? Yeah. It's funny you ask that because there was a time where I specifically was like I hate America and I hate living in America um, and this is why it's because I felt like in America we have this like culture of doing for the self and only for the self right it's like if you don't take care of yourself nobody will and that translates into having to be successful and grinding and grinding and doing this nine to five and working dead end jobs and just trying to make ends meet. And then at the same time, there's not really a lot of support in like healthcare and government and not like you have in like, let's say like the Netherlands or Europe or even Canada, you know, where you have universal health care and that kind of stuff and I felt always felt like that was hard because for me my biggest struggle in being in America was finding access to affordable health care and getting access to affordable mental health care and that's something that I still have not been able to actually get is that health care um, in the way that I feel like I need because I can't afford to. So to answer your question, I feel like, yeah, it was hard, you know, harder living in America. And I always felt like if I had grown up in another country, maybe I would be better off. <laughs> I appreciate it. And the way you even said that, it felt like to me, you don't want to be saying that, but that's just really how it is. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate you being able to. Yeah. Um, and that's brave. Thank you. Wow. Okay. So I'd be curious. Who's someone important in your life right now? And what you like? Like why? Giselle. <laughs> who's Giselle? Uh, my roommate, a uh, friend. Uh, we've known each other for like a year. Um, and she's pretty influential in my life because uh she kind of like 
she pushes me outside of my comfort zone in like the most beautiful way and like I tend to like be very introspective and I say to myself a lot and I say no to things just because like I'm like oh you know I'm already settled and I don't want to go out and I'm tired or whatever but like I crave connection and I crave like having people around so she's like no just come it's it'll be fine and she'll stay by my side the entire time and like be there for me and like be like coaxing me through this like social anxiety that I have (laughs) and just kind of like frame things in a way that's more palatable for me so she's been a really good friend and a Huge, huge influence. Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. Do you have a... Okay, so I'm asking this question. And if you would be so kind, could you say, frame it like this. Um, I'd like to ask you if you have a core value that you live your life or you try to live your life by. Mm -hmm. And in your answer, would you mind just saying a core value I live my life by? Okay. A core value or a life lesson that I live by is do the things that scare you the most, um, but do them safely. <laughs> I love that. What, make, what makes you say that? <laughs> I love that. Um, because I said no to a lot of things because they scared me. And I lost out on so much life experience because of it and when I started doing things that scared me despite the fear I found so much joy and so much happiness and learned so much more about myself than I would have if I stayed in that fear and never let myself experience those things that's absolutely beautiful (laughs) is there anything else about your life that you'd like to share? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm good. <laughs> One thing you didn't ask, what's the current chapter of your life titled? I like that one, yeah. Okay, so we'll go. What is the current, if you're, for your life right now, what is the current chapter of your life titled? And why would you title it that way? Mm. transformation um almost like a butterfly that's kind of how I think of it um right now in my life I feel like I felt stuck for a while almost five years or more even I felt stuck working in the same type jobs for the same pay Um, and I haven't really seen any growth or improvement. And now I feel like even though I might not see it, I'm on the precipice of that transformation of seeing the fruits of my labor for the last five years. Wow. Yeah. I'm glad. (laughs) That's wonderful. Yeah. 